inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. Alrighty, guys. I have a very special treat for you today. I'm so happy to have her on. Uh, Mac Abbott, who is like the PR queen uh, and a good friend of mine who I was I had the pleasure to meet down in Nashville. And I said, I just had to have you on. So, Mac, thanks for coming on the Keith Nelson Show. Woo! Woo! It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to just hang out with you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We'll see. That's it. Um, so, I like to start um, like asking kind of like, where are you from? Where did you grow up? What was life like growing up? I just like, um, and I've been saying this on the past few episodes, but I think it's good for people to realize that people who are successful are like living like life that they dream of. Um, like you, you get to, like <laughs> your life is so cool. It's like a, uh, a movie. It's really fun to watch you on social media. Um, but uh, just to show like people come from all different places and they're no different than you or the people listening, right? There's no, there's no difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, what was life like? Parents yeah. not together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rich, poor, middle class. Yeah, all that stuff. So I think it's so interesting, um, this question. I think it's super important understanding where people come from. I think it was Maddie Dalmaso. She just posted something on social media about thinking about you're living your dream life that you were dreaming about like when you were little and now when I'm thinking about like my childhood and where I was like what did I ever think in a million years I'd be living in Los Angeles and have my own business no absolutely that wasn't even in my dreams I was like that is so far out there but yeah I grew up in Florida I grew up in Port St. Lucie and not like the best area we were really poor we filed for bankruptcy like three times but I had no idea I was like a little kid living my best life like when it came around to like Easter, for example, um, usually all these kids would get all this like amazing candy and go to school, but we were like, we didn't have a lot of money. And so candy was really expensive. And so instead my mom would write notes from Jesus. So she'd be like, Jesus loves you. And so I'd open the egg, but I thought it was so much cooler. So I, but it was really just because we were poor, but I'd go to school and I'd be like, screw your butterfingers. I got a handwritten letter from Jesus. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of like just making the most out of it. And so I had no idea that we weren't doing well. Like um, apparently we had, we were, our house was infested with like poison spiders, but like we just made a game out of it and like just kept hairspray everywhere and like chase them around. So we just made the most out of it. I had no idea until I was in technology class and everyone was just like Googling themselves. And I Googled my parents and it came up with the court case of their bankruptcy. And I was like, dad, what is this? And he was like, ah. So I had no idea, but I I was, but um, my parents did a really amazing job at hiding that. And we just like made the most out of life. And then um, sadly, my mom ended up passing away when I was 10 years old and we were on vacation out of nowhere. Um, so then I became really close with, um, my godmom Sherry, which is kind of how I became in this world. And she, uh, ended up working with Brian, which is kind of how I know you. And so, um, from there, you know, it was really interesting. Like we kind of moved cities. My dad got remarried, just kind of became really more independent and focusing more on like what my future was going to be like doing well in school. Um, and then once I graduated, um, COVID hit. 
And so I was like, wait, so I want to pause for a second because I don't think people realize. So, Meg, how old are you? I'm 20. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should tell people. (laughs) You can't even legally drink, and she's just like crushing it, (laughs) right? Like, legally drink, and no one. No one knows. I'll have clients for like one or two years and I'll eventually tell. I remember I told my client I was at dinner with them drinking wine and I was like, I'm 19. <laughs> they didn't know. Oh, it's so funny. Um, just what you accomplished at such a young age is just like the coolest thing in the world. She was like, was it Mexico? Was it Mexico? What about Mexico? Mexico? And she flew in there. They're like getting police escorts like everywhere they went. Everywhere. And, like, she's just, like, on her Instagram story with, like, police lights in front of her. I have the craziest stories until I tell people, and they're like, that's not normal. No. And, like, she's worked with, like, Mike Tyson and Boys to Men and, like, just, like, some really, really big names when it comes to PR. Like, or when it comes to anything, but, like, working with those people, doing their PR is crazy. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, story, but I just want to, like... Stop for a second. She's like fresh out of like COVID was when she graduated high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was 18 and COVID hit. Yeah, not college, not her, you know, PhD. No. <laughs> high school. <laughs> Which I guess I'll give a little backstory with like that Mike Tyson and um how my intro into PR. I was um I was 15. I was a freshman in high school and I really needed volunteer hours for school to be able to graduate. And so I put in like my community Facebook group. I was like, hey, guys, like, does anyone need any help around like the neighborhood? And my old boss was like, yeah, like, come organize my office. And so she had a team at like an assistant at the time. And I showed up and I like organized all of her magazines of like Mike Tyson on the cover of like People magazine and stuff. And I just didn't think anything. I didn't really know who he was. The name sounded familiar, but I was 15. I really didn't know. And so we hit it off. She ended up firing her assistant, hiring me. And I went home and I Googled Mike Tyson and all this stuff came up about he had a pet tiger. He bit someone's ear off. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I getting myself into? And so yeah, at 15, I ended up just working with her. It was just me and her. Um, and then I worked there for four years. I mean, like the craziest, funniest things. Like I remember when the beginning of kind of COVID was happening and everything went virtual, I uh, I was kind of in charge of like finalizing the schedules and sending things to like Mike's manager. And I remember I was, we, I think it was, I don't remember if it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, but we were getting him on there and I had to copy and paste the Zoom link to like send it to him and everything in PR is so last minute. Like it's 10 minutes before the, he's about to get on and I'm like just sending him the schedule. And I accidentally clicked on the link instead of like copying it. And so then it says like loading into like Jimmy's room. And I'm like ducking down, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, how funny would that be if I, I just, I really hope they would like have a waiting room before I just ended up on. That would like, be so funny though. Could you imagine? Like on TMZ, like PR assistant accidentally ends up on Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. And, and have you like had any conversations with Mike or Mike Tyson or anyone? So like only on the phone or FaceTime, like, I don't think he'd have any idea who I was. I, d- I wasn't really involved in like the, in front of the scenes thing. Like I wasn't really like um, at the red carpet. Yeah. Like it was more just like, like, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Like, yeah. that was it. Okay. But all my friends thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Like all my guy friends were like, I would kill to be you. And I'm like, I don't even know who my dad is. Yeah, dude, he's the champ. 
I'm saying like, oh, just be able to say hi, hello to Mike on FaceTime. So yeah, cool. yeah, it was cool. I was more like the behind the scene person. So my boss would be like, I remember he had a big event at Art Basel in Miami and she was there like on the red carpet with him. And I was the one at home, like updating the guest list, like trying to make sure everyone could get in. That's cool. Yeah. And that was up until you were 19? Yep, up until I was 19. I ended up, uh, after leaving college, I still or after leaving high school, I ended up um, going to college for a semester. And while I was like in school, I was also working remote, remote with the Joe Magano, who was the celebrity publicist I was working with. And then I kind of realized that I could maybe take a step on my, myself and start doing some freelance clients. And so I ended up uh, leaving and just taking on like some really small things and eventually kind of grew and then started my own PR firm. Really cool. 20 years old. It's amazing. Um, that's <laughs> wild. It's wild. And um, so what was, you know, some of the some of the struggles that you had to go through um, while you were either working for her or like starting your own business. Like what? Like what was? Let's take it from starting your own business, right? Like what was going through your mind when you were just like, I can do this on my own? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like my situation is like a little bit different. Like I remember when my dad started his own business, he was like. 35 and he had like the contacts and made sense for him to finally take that step. I was 18 or 19. And so it, my first kind of battle was everyone kind of saying like, that's not normal. Like 18, 19 year olds don't drop out of college and start their own business. Like don't do that. And so that was kind of my first hurdle with like me getting over those thoughts as well. Like me saying they're like, yeah, this isn't normal. Like this is kind of scary. Like having that degree, even though I was in college and I was not learning anything. I already learned all of everything that I was kind of needing to be successful with in my career from my experience, like working with these celebrities, mm -hmm. but it was still kind of scary, like getting out of my comfort zone and deciding like, okay, I'm not going to have this for your bachelor's degree to fall back on. I'm not going to have a plan B. This is, this is my only plan. So it has to work this way. So kind of getting over that hurdle of like, I'm going to do this and it, it has to work. Um, but I remember like it was the age of COVID, everything was also virtual. Like usually when people would start businesses and stuff, like you'd meet with your team in person and all that. I started um, my business with my co-founder Josiah and uh, we didn't even meet for a year. Like we only met on Zoom just like this. This is all of our meetings. This is how we got all of our clients. Everything was completely digital. And so it was definitely an interesting shift trying to start a business like that as well. Like I only knew the 50% of my other half of my business, the only the top of their body. Like I had no idea. Like I had no idea how tall he was or anything until a year after we like were well established and, and doing well. So I guess it was, there was just so many different things um, with my age, just the climate that we were in with COVID. I mean, it was kind of scary. Like all these businesses were shutting down and here I am trying to start a business. Yeah. And so just like people were being more careful about what they were spending their money on, like not necessarily like PR, I would say like when starting a business isn't like the first thing you want to jump into first, you want to, you know, like establish your business, get a website, like create branding. And so PR was kind of more of like a luxury thing that it, you would add to your business if you wanted to be more successful, but it wasn't something like you absolutely needed to like just start. 
And so it was kind of like battling like all of these things in the climate. Yeah. So I think that um, there's always like a lot of reasons why like it wouldn't work no matter what business you start, no matter what you're doing, right? There's always like a million reasons why it, it, it shouldn't work. Like you're not, you're 18, you're 19, uh, you're dropping out of college, you don't have a degree, you never started a business before, you don't have all the contact. Like, like there's a list after list, COVID, people aren't spending money. Like you there, you list off a bunch of reasons why it wouldn't work, right? And I think that could go for anyone starting a business basically at any time. They could come up with a million reasons why it wouldn't work. So I want to know well why you still did it anyway number one number two um what advice you give to someone who's thinking about starting a business like this or not in pr but just starting a business yeah. in general right so i really have to say i know covid was terrible and we lost so many amazing people but it really ended up being in a blessing a blessing in disguise for me personally because if it didn't happen, I'd be sitting in a dorm room at the University of Florida studying for my accounting final instead of where I'm at right now. And so I impulsively decided to move to Texas and um, move in with my godmom. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this for a few months just until COVID chills out and then I'll go back to school. And I remember I was I was in college. It was right before I was starting my business. I was kind of thinking about all this stuff, all those thoughts that I just went over by why it wouldn't work were going through my head. And I'm so grateful for her and kind of just this community because um, Sherry Thompson, that was her name. She just got into thinking into results, all these mindset things, you know, kind of kind of some like a lot of work, self-development work that wasn't really traditional. And so a lot of people would traditionally be like, you're 18, you can't do this. Whereas like the content that she was kind of learning, the books that we were reading and the content we were reading about, like just your mindset was like, you can, if you believe. And I know to a lot of people, it just sounds like rainbows and fairy dust and whatever. But then I was really getting into like the science behind it, where it's not just like, I'm sitting in the corner of my room saying like, I will be successful. It's like, I'm reprogramming my brain out of societal norms to actually be successful. And so I have to say like, the only reason I am where I am like today and like, why I actually decided to take that leap to like start this business or to drop out of college was like solely because of like this mindset work that I got into because of my godmom and the content that she was involved in. And so I think first off, all the people that I've met that are like kind of involved in it and it's, it's not even like, like, it sounds like this like exclusive group. It's like, it's literally just kind of like, there's so many, I just went to Barnes and Nobles yesterday and there was like a million books about this stuff. And it's just kind of about like, you know, your subconscious mind. And, you know, when you wake up and brush your teeth, it's like, at some point when you're a baby, you don't, it doesn't register. You're not like, oh yeah, this is just something I have to do. Now we just kind of wake up and we impulsively do it because it's in our subconscious. And so that transfers also into like how we carry ourselves, how we believe certain things, how we think we're going to be successful. And so if you can really program yourself to believe those things in your subconscious, it can't happen. And so when I kind of explain it to people in like the scientific way, they're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. And so I was kind of coming to believe all of this, like at that young age, going and starting a business and kind of breaking out of the societal norms of like, you can't do this. And so I at like any given point, if I find anyone that is like remotely interested in like breaking out of the nine to five and wanting to kind of like step into like another version of themselves, it's like, like, look some stuff up on YouTube, like read this book, like get involved in like understanding yourself and your mind, like how you operate. So I would say that to like anyone that's like 
has any interest, not even only in starting a business, but like leveling up, or even if you want to just be successful in your corporate job, your nine to five you have now, it's like, I would highly recommend like getting involved and like really like understanding how you operate and how your thoughts can affect you. I agree. Sorry, that was a lot. No, that's perfect. <laughs> You're actually one of the shortest, like shorter spoken of a, a lot of my podcast guests. Literally. I like to get to the point. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was good. Um, so I also, uh, let's just give like, what's like a book that someone should go pick up? Okay. So um, Think and Grow Rich was the first book that I read that like really got my brain turning. And I also got like the workbook version of it. So it's really a book about like, not only thinking yourself into like being wealthy, but being rich in many areas of your life about family, about happiness, about friendships, about like self-confidence, like it covers all of it. And it was very interactive, like going through like, okay, what am I passionate about now? How do I make steps to get there? How do I like hold myself accountable? It was all in that book. Think and grow rich. Yeah. It's a really fun one to start with. In my opinion, I've read these are like nowhere near as many books as I've read it, but um, Thinking Grow Rich is actually, this is it right here. It's, <laughs> it's um, uh, like, I forget what it's called, Leatherbound or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh. There's this, I think it's in Thinking Grow Rich. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a story about um, this guy who like had uh, this piece of land and he found like a golden nugget. And then he was like, holy smokes, if there's one golden nugget, that means there's more. So he went digging like crazy. He like bought a bunch of machinery, went in debt, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt back in like the 1800s, like <laughs> like early, early 1900s, late 1800s. So like hundreds of thousands of dollars were a lot more back then too. And then kept digging, kept digging, kept digging. And he couldn't find, or he found like a couple pieces here and there but he couldn't find like a whole bunch. Right. And he, he was so upside down, owed people a lot of money and he decided to sell the land. Right. And you remember the story I'm talking about? Yeah. That's so good. So he sells the land and this guy who had different knowledge, like different, like awareness, he, he knew to go ask someone else who knew more than him. Right. Mm -hmm. He was like, Hey, I have this piece of land. They found gold. Can you tell me what I should do to to find this other thing? Like find more of it, right? Ultimately, he's like, oh yeah, just get this piece of equipment and go and do this here. And it's crazy. This guy who sold the land stopped three feet short of a literal gold mine. <laughs> and he found that out. And what he took from it was really cool, is that um, he ended up becoming a life insurance salesman. And so he said that I stopped three feet short of gold and that's what stopped me from success. So I'll never let someone tell me no, stop me from getting to sell life insurance, you know, becoming very wealthy, uh, selling life insurance. Um, mm -hmm. but that's like, just like one piece out of the whole book. Like that's a very small sliver. Um, yeah. highly recommend it. It's a really fun place to, to start. It, it gets you thinking like in, in a different way. I, I actually think that the, the book title kind of throws people off, especially people who yeah. aren't like uh, into it. Like they, they're like, they think like being rich is bad or they think, yeah. like, they think that they're being selfish by reading that book. 
yeah in reality in, it's like the also like majority of the book is like yeah for sure like half these schools achieve these things for yourself but how are you going to get back like mm-hmm. how are you going to help people around you that's majority of the book as well so it's like the title like people just misperceive what's actually going on totally so um i forgot the the other stuff that you were you were saying before that um so practical one book to read think and grow rich um and you move to texas you stay with your godmother she shared with you this content she believed in you you're like and you believed in yourself because of that mm-hmm. and then you learned this content as well and everything and yeah i remember josiah coming to the mix how did huh? this, how did when did josiah come to the mix how did you meet josiah who is yeah. josiah tell tell the audience yeah so josiah began is my business partner best friend roommate all the things so um it's so funny because i i don't know i guess we we definitely both manifested each other but not in a way i guess we expected but um i was living with my godmom you know she was introducing this content she just decided to quit her corporate job to kind of decide to teach this content and i mean i was definitely interested you know in like launching businesses or whatever so i was just i decided to kind of help her with her admin you know like help create contracts and her socials or whatever. And so I was kind of helping her with that stuff. And then she decided to bring on Josiah to run her marketing. And so again, we were just like meeting on a Zoom call like this. And I was just kind of in the corner and just going over like what to post on social media, whatever. And so after months in, I kind of like shared with him like my other job, my expertise and like what I've been working in for like the last four years. And it kind of clicked with him as like, oh, I'd, I've always wanted to kind of explore that arena more. Like I, I do really well within like sales and business and like running the back end of things. Um, but I'm not like super familiar in like public relations, like how that all operates, like those contacts, everything. And I was like, well, I do. And so we decided to kind of like join forces and he had the contacts and sales and like the um, business experience. And so I knew how to do like actual public relations. So we did, we decided to like team up and I remember it was on November 4th. We got on a call and we um, designed our logo and everything. And I remember being like, what the heck just happened? I guess I'm starting a business. And um, we ended up just kind of like really hitting it off. Like, like I said, we didn't even meet for a year. And I remember it was so weird. I um He lived in Fort Lauderdale. I was still in Texas. I flew to Texas to go, or, I mean, I flew to Florida to go meet him. And I don't know where he lives. I've never met him before. So I like go to his address and I'm like, on, you know, on the street trying to figure out like which building is his. He lives in this giant apartment complex and I'm li- literally like on the street and just I was very into like mindset and spirituality. And I knew that, but like not to the extent until like I met him. And I'm like literally on the street, probably like a block and a half from his building. And I was with my um, ex-boyfriend at the time and we're like, where are we? And Josiah just turns the corner. And like, I did not tell him how close we were. I didn't tell him we were there. He didn't have my location. He had nothing. And he was like, I just felt you. <laughs> He's like, I'm just, and I was just like, what? He was like, yeah, I mean, like sometimes when the pizza man will come, like I'll just open the door before he even knocks and I'll freak him out. And so it was just so interesting where it's like, we just kind of like just matched right away. And like, he still does now that we live together like i'll literally come home and he'll just open the door and i don't even like put my key in or anything i'm like you gotta stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> gotta stop doing that. that's funny um 
yeah, I'll turn the corner and the door will be open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like someone break in. He's just like, hey. <laughs> What's up? That sounds like Josiah. Um, and when I'm trying to like piece all this together, like when did, when was this and how does this all happen? Like, cause it was like in such a short amount of time. Um, yeah, it's been like within the last two years, all of this has happened. Like the starting of my business, like moving a million different places but it feels like it's been forever. I feel like I'm like 45. So <laughs> I say I'm 20. I'm like, I can't believe it. No, no. So um, other than thinking grow rich, what's uh, one book that everyone should read? So um, I am reading a book right now called Cy- psycho cybernetics. I feel like I can read thinking grow rich and all these books like over and over again and always have a different takeaway each time. And I feel like, psycho cybernetics like when i tell i'm like i tell my friends like you have to read this book and they're all like what is wrong with you are you reading a science textbook (laughs) i'm like kind of but um it's a really amazing book and it kind of just focuses on like our self-image of ourselves. it's written by a plastic surgeon and he kind of goes over like yeah i help people fix um maybe if they have like a bump on their nose or something imperfected on their face i can help them fix that but at the end of the day, they will still act the same way that they did before with those imperfections because of their self-image that they hold of themselves. And so it kind of just is a book going over like what you can really change how you view yourself and your self-image and how you think other people perceive you that can change everything. Like if you hold in your mind that you are a successful individual and you can make a lot of money and you can accomplish a lot of things, then you can. But if you have the self-image that you can only work in like a at 7-Eleven and you can only make minimum wage and you can only be friends with these kinds of people, then that's what's also going to happen. And it's, I really like the book because at the end of each chapter, it makes you like interact with the book. Like there's questions about like, what was your key takeaway? How did this align in your life? Like, how are you now going to change? And so it's like, I feel like I'll read so many books and then at the end of it, I'm like, like I did get a lot out of it, but I don't really remember and so I can always like keep reading and reading, but this one now, even when I reread it, I'll see like even the problems that I wrote that I was struggling with at the time that maybe I've even worked through just by reading that book. And so I'll reread the chapter and it's like, oh, wow, I can't believe I was struggling with that. I've, I feel like I've come such a long way. Yeah. That's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, I was, There's like two things that I think everyone should do is like figure out what they really, really want. It's number one, right? Like a, a fantasy figure out what you really, really, truly want. Like make a shopping list of all those things without thinking about any restrictions at all, right? Write them all out. And then um, the piece in the book, do you remember what it talks about um, like the submarine missiles? I don't know. So these like submarine underwater missiles uh, in World War II would like shoot, but they had like guiding systems. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. So, um, it would shoot and then it would get off track and it would send feedback to the, the computer and it would put it back on track. It might like overcorrect and go overcorrect and go the wrong way, just more to the right when it was going to the left, then it will recorrect again. And then the whole time it's going after this one target, it's just recorrecting the whole time but it has the target in the back. This book talks about like how we're like goal-seeking organisms as human beings. And that if we can just hold on to the goal and take steps towards it, 
that we are going to automatically auto-correct. So like, even if you make mistakes along the way, you're just going to keep auto-correcting back and forth the entire way to your goal. I love that. And I'm like, and then that's also his argument of where like, you don't need to force anything. Mm. What you have to do is worry about where you want to go and, and focus on it because you are the machine, the computer to get you there. You don't have to be any different. You have to do anything different. You just have to know where you're going. Yep. Mm. I think, um, have you ever listened to The Strangest Secret? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's a YouTube video. I'm totally blanking on. Yeah, you're going to have to text me that for sure. You're gonna, it's going to drive me crazy if I can't remember the name. It's like such a famous name. But um, pretty much it's, he kind of describes, um, this is like one of Bob Proctor's like mentors. And so he kind of describes um, a goal, sorry, strangest, see, Earl Nightingale. Yeah, I was literally about to say that. No. Yeah. So he describes success as having a defined goal. So it's like, he kind of describes like go up to a million people on the road and maybe like 5% of them will have a defined goal. And so he doesn't describe it as having a certain amount of money or having a, yeah, there you go. Literally having a defined yeah, goal. I watching, I just pulled out what we call a goal card it's out of my wallet that I carry with me everywhere. And it has my goal written on it. I have a long-term and a short-term goal front and back everywhere but anyways he got do it but um yeah he kind of described like not many people in the world would actually have that and just having a defined goal is what makes you successful so even if you're one maybe you're not trying to make a bajillion dollars and own every business in the world maybe you want to be a teacher and, and you have a defined goal of how you want to be a successful teacher and, and the kids that you want to help but if you have that goal and you're working towards it that makes you successful no matter what area of work that you're working in And so I feel like I've heard that question so many times growing up, just like, what is success? And so many people describe it in so many different ways, like happiness or wealth or money, where it's like that totally lines with me, just having a defined goal. Mm, I love that too. So um, it's pretty interesting. Um, About to turn 29. I just feel like I'm like... You're about to turn 29? Yeah, in January. So When's your birthday? The 25th. Oh, mine's the 11th. Oh, man. Oh, man. Maybe that will be our trip to LA. We'll do like in between or something. <laughs> Are you an Aquarius? Yeah. I'm a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. We're off. We're off. Yep. Um, yeah, come to LA for our birthdays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll go, go have fun. I'll be 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Not bad. It's an issue for you anyway, but um, yeah, this question. It's interesting because you are so young um, and it feels weird, but like think about what you've done in two years and then like compare like um, I had nine extra years or whatever. I know. I'm like all of my friends that I am. Um, I really don't have many friends my age. Like I have friends from high school that I still keep in contact with, of course, but like my true like close friends in my like circle are all way older, like 10, 15 years older. And so like, you know, you can't help but compare of like, oh, where they're at with their business and like, oh, I want to be there or whatever. But then I think about, I have like 15 years to get there or I can't even imagine where I'm going to be in 15 years. It'll be so much further along that like, uh, yeah, like I did this, I started, I started in COVID too. I started February, 2020 uh, when I started my business. 
and then um yeah it what's happened in two years like but if i started that when i was 19 or 20 where would i be when i'm 28 like my god you, you know what i mean so yeah um and i'm like thinking about like a 20 million dollar exit the next three to five years <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? like so it's it's a it's crazy. Like I would have already had that exit, you know? I, mean, I I do hear a lot of people saying that like, Oh, if I would have started earlier, if I would have done this, but in reality, you weren't ready then you didn't know oh, what you knew. Then. That. <laughs> you didn't know the people. You wouldn't be, maybe you would have started then, but then you would have given up because you didn't have the resources that you do now. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, so this question ready for this one, this one stumps everyone. Have you ever listened to my podcast? I've listened to all the snippets, yeah. but I haven't listened to it full through. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, I mean, the, the ending is is good. And I can always tell if someone's listened or not. Oh, no. I'm ready. <laughs> so you got to go back in time to any age. You got to go talk to yourself. But when you go back there, you can only tell yourself three sentences. What age would you go back to? What are the three sentences? And I'm very, very strict about this. Like, only give me the three sentences. Don't say why in between, nothing. Just clear, concise, these are the three sentences. And then afterwards, if you want to tell us why, great. If you don't, sometimes it's, it's like beautiful just leaving it as is, or it's kind of like self-explanatory. So I'm interested. What age would you go back to? What are the three sentences? Oh my gosh, wow. Um, I think I would probably go back to like 16 or 17. Yeah, 16 or 17. And I would say to, let's think, I would want to, I would probably tell myself to focus on my own goals and ambitions first. And then I would tell myself to always seek knowledge. And let me think, what if I learned that I'd tell myself now or back then? Um, to take the leap. Cool. I think right. I'd keep it vague. Because I still want to make sure I can make the mistakes. It's okay. <laughs> I feel right. like I feel like the mistakes that I did make along the way are why I'm here. So it's okay to make the mistakes. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, I don't know if I said this in the podcast before. Um, I was probably about your age, nineteen or twenty. Maybe it was twenty-one. Maybe it was twenty-one. No, no, I was like your age. I was like nineteen or twenty, and um, I went to I, I failed out of college my first year right oh, wow. um and then I went then what what would have been the next semester I moved to California in like the redwoods of northern California like three hours north of uh San Francisco so way up there and then I trimmed weed <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I did I, I trimmed weed um for hours and hours all day sitting in a circle. It was a really cool experience. We had like two German girls that were there. 
We had this guy from Tennessee who was missing teeth and it, it was just a wild experience. And it was like super gorgeous. You look like in the redwoods, which are like these massive trees you could drive a car through. This was like your job. Yeah, this is what I went and did. And it was it was illegal back then. Um like in California, yeah. Uh yeah, to you could there was medical dispensaries then, but um it was it was illegal to to do what we were doing. Um and like there was like D it was crazy. We had black helicopters fly above us that had D E A on it. Like they're they're just floating in the sky throughout the day and stuff. Um yeah. Wild. Um and then I when I was there, I had the opportunity to take um what it's called mescaline. It's like peyote, right? What is it? Is it a drug? Hallucinogen. It's okay. Like, like the Native Americans would take it. Uh, and they'd either go to in a sweat lodge all together and it'd be this huge experience. Uh, or they would do solo trips where they'd go out into like the desert or the nature and go off on, and like have a vision. Right? So is that what you did? So I did. Um, well, what we did was we, we like brewed it into like a tea, which was tasted horrible and we weren't sure it was pretty old like it had been sitting around for a while the guy who i was staying with like this just had it for a while i was like oh i want to do this you know keaton this is so funny yeah and um am i is this like you know 10 years ago i um so we weren't sure we got stronger or weaker over time we were just assumed that i got weaker so like i took like triple dose or whatever quite like I, and then um i went into the redwoods they dropped me off in the car at the bottom of the hill there's like a national park with the redwoods it goes to like a stream absolutely by, by myself yep and i've been there a few times right uh like i visited my brother who lived out there a few times so i've, I've been in this specific uh it's called the hindi woods and um huge story throughout it after I went on this huge journey, like I got to this stream, there's turkey vultures uh, above me. And these are big, like five feet tall vultures, like a bunch of them circling above me and getting really, really close. And who knows if I'm hallucinating or what? We have no idea. Five feet tall vultures? Well, we're like, tr- no, I'm dead seriously. That's how they are up there. Like, oh. Like, like legit. But like, I don't know if like, if it was me hallucinating or what, but like, that's what I saw. And they were coming, they were circling above me and getting closer and closer and lower. And then there's like 30 of them, like a bunch all around me. I'm by myself in the middle of like this thing. I'm like, and I see the tree line and mind you, like I was just like taking off my clothes to like go hop in the stream for a little bit and stuff. And, um, and then I see that happen. I'm like trying to put on my, my pants, my shirt and like go run uh, back to the uh, trees. And I did, but I was like, these guys are about to kill me, you know? Um, but anyway, so after this huge trip, that's like one part of it, this huge long trip, hours and hours and hours, I go back in the woods and the stream runs through the woods and I sit down next to it and I like meditate for a little while. And I had a conversation with my 40 year old self. This is actually why. Self? Yeah. And this is why I bring this question up oh. to people all the time in this podcast, right? What age would you go back to and what would you say? Right. And I basically was asking my 40 year old self for, for wisdom. 
and like it was vivid and i was like 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 i was having a conversation with him sitting right there you know um it's wild. Isn't wild? <laughs> I'm not. I don't condone. Uh, I was wondering drugs. where that story was going. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I don't condone doing drugs or like doing this stuff. It's and, but my decisions have been made. So now there's stories that I get to share with you guys. Right. Um. And now, from hearing that, I would change my answer. I'd probably yeah. go back to my ten year old self. And you know what he said to me? What did he say? He said, "Just." Huh? You. So what did you say? Yeah, what did I say, right? I would say the same thing now to that that same. And I was like a troubled individual at that period of time. Uh, I just failed out. I was partying all the time back before when I was at URI. That's why I failed out. Uh, I was getting into like messing, just experimenting with a bunch of drugs, obviously, right? Um, and it just like wasn't good, right? Um and what I said, I didn't like tell him to not do something or change anything about what I literally said, just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be fine. That's well, that's the 40 year old self said. And I didn't know this, but like I had some very like major hardship within like, the next year or two. Major, like, like potential to ruin my rest of my life. And I still said, knowing that as the 40 year old self, just keep doing what you're doing. Supposedly, right? If I if that is really what happened, who knows? Um, but it felt well, that's real. That's what happened for you. It felt real, you know. So, and then it, like, it led me to like where I am now, and it's man, so it's pretty fantastic. And I can imagine when I'm forty, it's going to be just as fantastic. It will yeah. times a million, right? Um, but yeah, that's why I asked this question. So, um, and how old are your kids? My uh, so I had my daughter when we were tw when I was twenty two. A week later, I turned twenty three when she was born. Yeah, so I was still really young. I met Chelsea the year after that, like like the year um, after that trip. Oh, mm -hmm. are your kids? Isn't she four or five? Yeah, she's five now. Well, yeah, because now thinking about it from that perspective, like think about her being four and the knowledge that she has. Or like certain kids, like obviously they're young, like they don't know too much, but they'll just spit out some stuff every once in a while. And you're like, holy crap, <laughs> that was powerful. Yeah. Yes, she does do that quite a bit. Um, so I, yeah, I always ask that question. And so what would you change your answer to? Well, thinking from that perspective, 10 years old was when my mom passed away. And that was probably the hardest time because, you know, I'm a little kid. I just lost my mom. wasn't really close with my dad. And all that. So I'd probably go back and I'd say, I would say that it's going to be okay. Cause I was at some point, I was always like, this is not going to be okay. Like, I'm not going to get through this. This sucks. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's all going to be okay. Um, I feel like that's what I really needed to know at that time. Right. Like, um, and I think I always question like, like, um, my, like, able to get out of that world so something of like it's gonna be okay like you will get to where you need to be and to keep focusing on your goals and yourself because I did I did tend to put other people above myself and my own goals so making sure I didn't do that that I knew I was gonna be okay and then I knew I'd be able to get out of that situation because I always was like that's why I felt like I worked so hard in schools because like I I want to get out of here I want to get the best scholarship to go to the best school so I can just live my own life and not have to like worry about 
all the stuff that's happened here. And so now it's like where I'm at, I, everything happened how it needed to be. And I, whatever I've repaired those relationships. But at that time when I was 10, I had no idea if I would where I'd be. Mm. That's good. Ah. That's yeah. I like good. I'm just going to go to people and ask them. Like, yeah, a good question. Um, I've thought about, um, as obviously I took some time before I launched this podcast to think about that question. I thought it was like really good. What I want to do is I want the whole podcast to be a string of really thoughtful questions mm-hmm. is where I, I want to go with this podcast. Just jump right into it. and boom, boom, boom. Here's the last one. You ready for this one? Some more. Okay. <laughs> um, What's your biggest regret? Um, I feel like the correct answer to that is that I don't have regrets. I feel like, of course, like you impulsively want to be like, oh, I wish I was never in that relationship or I wish I never did this. But I feel like at the end of the day, doing all of those things led me to learn different lessons about myself. Without a doubt. Now let's reframe it. What's something that you did? Let's call it a regret right uh that you could help someone else to maybe keep if they hear this this might be the thing that keeps them from doing it so i feel like if i were to have to say like i have one regret would be like in high school i was so so focused on getting the best grades like being the president of every club like starting a nonprofit, like doing the best i could do to be to look the best for colleges and so I feel like I didn't actually live and have as much fun and like just be as happy as I should have been during those years because I was so focused on my future. And so I feel like I would want to say to others, like, be more in the moment rather than focusing so much in the future, um, especially like in your childhood, like be blissful, like, like go and go to that party, like go hang out with that boy. Like I didn't do any of that stuff. I never went to a single high school party, anything. So I was so focused on trying to look good for college and I'm a college dropout. So I spent all of that time and all of that energy and ran all of those clubs. And in the long term, yeah, I, I experienced, like I got experience from those things. I met good people, but ultimately I didn't actually do the thing I was working towards. Like I didn't, I did get into the college, but I ended up leaving. So I now, I wouldn't say I wasted all that time, but I didn't experience things that I wish I would have because I was so focused on like this one thing I thought I had to do because society said to. Mm, it's good, Mac. It's good. Well, I'm very happy to know you and I'm happy to be able to introduce my audience to you. So um, I would love uh, for you just to share where can everyone go follow you and check out what you're up to and all that good stuff. Yeah, my Instagram is at mac.abbott m-a-c-k with a k dot a-b-b-o-t-t mac like mac trucks mac and cheese macbooks mm. <laughs> you know what's funny is um when how i met you we, we were at a mastermind in, in nashville right but like before we had a group text and we were talking about getting this huge airbnb house right like i don't know how many rooms it was like 11 rooms or something but um, we were like talking about all the people that are going and they're like, oh, Max going and stuff. And I, I thought you were a guy. Everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Amazing because I'll get on Zoom calls like this with like potential client leads or journalists or whatever. And I'll get on, they're like, oh, like 
hi um are you the assistant like we're waiting for mac and i'm like that's me like all i've gone on so many calls with like these professional businessmen and like i just see their like the like color come out of their face and they're like oh my god like i was not expecting this i'm like this young little girl like hey yeah, I know. <laughs> it is wicked funny um and yeah so i uh please go follow mac on uh instagram and send her a dm and, and tell her what you liked about the episode and all that and then um i just want to thank all the audience you know thank you guys for listening it means the world to me especially made it this long like 55 minutes in 50 minutes in so um if you leave a like a review share share this out this episode was for you great if it wasn't it's probably for someone else you know so share this one out and uh yeah until next time peace